3: As FBI agent Mark Pinto was investigating the credit card fraud ring run by Romanians in Las Vegas, he was invited to Romania to give lectures about organized crime to a group of the nation's law enforcement officials.
4: And so I said, yeah, sure, I'll go, it's a week. I've never been to Romania. I'm working Romanians. This would be a good opportunity.
3: Mark decided to fly in a week early to explore the country. Thankfully, he had a friend there waiting for him.
4: When I land, There's Flavio in a suit. I'd never seen him in a suit. And he's wearing a badge. It's like, follow me.
3: Flavio took Mark's passport and slammed it down, along with the badge, in front of a customs agent, who then stamped Mark's passport, no questions asked.
4: And I'm like, something's going on here. Then we walk over to immigration, and the same thing happens. So I'm not asking anything yet because I don't know who's listening and I don't know what's going on. I don't know if I'm going to be led to some gray government building and never be seen again. Because this is completely just different than what I
3: expected. As they left the airport, Mark saw Flavio hand the badge to someone.
4: Basically what he did, it appears to me he just borrowed the badge from someone he knew, a connection, and just walked me through these things. I mean, he had the aura of someone that had done that before. Complete faith and confidence in what you're doing. You know, not avoiding eye contact and just is a matter of fact.
3: Mark and Flavio then drove to the hotel. Not only did Flavio know which hotel Mark was staying in, but he already knew which room Mark had been assigned.
4: And he goes, all those rooms are wired. He goes, we'll, we'll put you in another room and another name. I'm like, why? I'm not doing anything here. He goes, it's just better. So your hackles rise up like, what the heck is going on?
3: What was going on was Flavio was going out of his way to use his connections and help an American government official without even being asked. It wasn't the first time Flavio had done this, and it won't be the last. I'm Trevor Aronson from Western Sound and iHeart Podcasts. This is Alphabet Boys. Episode 4, Something We Might Look Into. So, to be clear, Flavio wasn't a Romanian official. He just borrowed a badge that belonged to a friend in Bucharest and walked into the airport like he owned the place. Play the part, fake it till you make it. Flavio was a master. That's the kind of mystery man Flavio was. He just knew people. He had access to things others didn't. He was just connected, somehow.
4: We looked at Bucharest, and we went to, you know, some public and government buildings, and he did talk to some people, and they removed some ropes, and we walked into places that we weren't allowed to walk to, you know, the next week when the rest of the contingent arrived from the United States. But we just traveled around and went to different restaurants and met some people.
3: As Flavio saw it, he was a friend of the FBI. Mark was visiting Romania. So Flavio would show him around. That's what friends do.
5: Mark is a a person which I wish all the government employees to be like him. And he came with the approval from Washington to spend with me two weeks together as a vacation, as a friend.
3: It was like one of those odd couple road trip movies.
5: And we have a lot of fun. We see the Carpeton Mountains. We see the Black Sea. We have a lot of fun, me and him. I was really trying to impress him with uh, with Romania from my eyes and from my point of view to see that country.
3: But the thing is, it was all spontaneous. Mark had simply told Flavio that he was going to Romania. He didn't even expect Flavio to be there. It was sort of a shock that he was there. Flavio just went out of his way to take a whole week off to drive Mark around.
4: But, you know, he asked, hey, what do you want to do? I said, I want to eat what Romanians eat. Everyone has a tripe soup, and it's like a chorba de burta is what it was. I like tripe soup. You eat everything. And I went to a restaurant, and that's what I ordered.
3: Mark also saw firsthand the business Flavio was helping to run. Handling the internet infrastructure for Romanians running webcam channels.
4: I did see his chat room, and it was up in some attic somewhere where they there had three or four beds, and he provided that so they could sleep, because a lot of the people they spoke with his his workers spoke with were Americans. The time zone difference, and there were just a number of tables with computers in there. There may have been a coffee maker or, or tea or something like that, but that was it. It was pretty humble.
3: But there were some places in Romania where Flavio wouldn't go with Mark because those places had informants of their own.
4: I asked to go to a couple casinos because I wanted to talk to the people that ran the casinos. He warned against it. He said, that's probably not a good idea. He goes, there's prostitutes in front. They're going to report on who's coming in, what they're driving, all this other stuff. That's why the prostitutes aren't arrested. He goes, if you go there, I'll have to drop you off and you'll have to walk.
3: Mark wanted to know how things worked in Romania, how the corruption went down, how the casinos were connected to organized crime. So Mark just walked in, requested to speak to the casino's manager, and asked.
4: I said, hey, I'm just curious how things work here. And I asked about how, you know, they paid kickbacks and things like that. I mean, pretty, pretty poor. I just wanted to know how things worked in Romania. It's professional curiosity.
3: But Mark didn't mention to the casino manager that he was an FBI agent.
4: No, no, no. Uh, That would, that'd be sticking your neck out way too far.
3: The casino manager answered Mark's questions, but kept her cards close.
4: She's not naming names. She doesn't say, hey, this commissioner of this does that. She's just giving me the mechanics of how it works.
3: Mark was gaining a lot of insight that would prove helpful back in America. And he was also learning more about Flavio. Mark discovered that Flavio, who'd by then become a U.S. citizen, wasn't drawn back to Romania only by his business interests. He had a romantic interest, too.
4: It was funny because his big concern wasn't, most of the time you hear about relationship issues. Ah, oh, she won't let me do this, she won't let me do that. For him, it was like, she has to get her finances and she has to be responsible. You know, he's sort of like a parent. That's the way he was. Yeah, strange little guy.
3: Anyway, after this friendly trip together in Romania, Mark and Flavia returned to the United States and picked up their investigation of the Romanian credit card ring. That investigation was all-consuming. But crime doesn't take a day off, right? Or does it?
4: We didn't like to work on Wednesday. Why? Why? because we worked the weekends and everyone needed days off. So you're like, "Um, Tuesday, Wednesday, we'll try to give everyone days off Tuesday, Wednesday.
3: Mark, thanks to his travels and his obsession with his investigative targets, had learned a lot about Romanians and Romanian culture. And he was now using that knowledge to inform his investigation.
4: So it's things like you find a dead bird and you leave it on their porch on a Wednesday or on their bumper on a Wednesday, or, An unfortunate event will happen for an informant on a Wednesday. And so they can say, I'm superstitious, I'm not going to do anything on a Wednesday because that's when I got pulled over by the police and my car got towed. And that's part of learning, you know, about about the culture.
3: Mark was able to subtly stage direct the Romanians to align their crime schedule with the FBI work schedule.
4: What's superstitious for them? What's a bad omen? What's a... Because even if they don't believe it, someone in their culture may believe it, and they have to respect that. So we used to work those things in.
3: By this time, Mark and the FBI had a full portrait of the criminal organization. They knew how it worked, and they knew the name of the man in charge.
4: Petru Dragoy. He recently died.
3: That was the big boss. Petru Dragoy.
4: Petru Dragoy was probably in his 50s well-mannered, incredibly smart.
3: At the time, Petru was facing competition from an upstart, a younger guy who wanted to take control of the Las Vegas crew. His name was Florin, but he went by Tony, in honor of Tony Montana from Scarface.
4: What is the fascination with that movie and that character? Because they all want to be some crime kingpin. Did they not watch the end of the movie?
3: You've probably seen Scarface, it's a classic. But for those who haven't, Tony Montana, played by a young Al Pacino, dies a very brutal death in the end.
5: i You fuck with me! You with
3: Anyway, Mark had recruited an informant inside the Romanian organization, an older guy who had become trusted by both the big boss, Petru, and Florin, or Tony.
4: But the thing that comes out of this is that we know Petru has some real stick, very well connected, very well connected back in Romania. He could cause some real problems. As I recall, he's a little bit arrogant, but you almost have to be to run these crews. Lack of confidence is death.
3: As Petru is fending off Florin slash Tony, he somehow discovered, or became suspicious enough to believe, that Flavio was a snitch. Mark's insider in the Romanian group attended a meeting with Petru and other high-ranking members of the organization. Petru expressed concerns about Flavio and recommended that he be killed. Mark's informant, taking notes, wrote, Petru and others offering 5,000 each for a hit on a guy named Flavio. But that
5: whole crime organization, they decide to everyone to put $5,000, each one, to kill me, to pay somebody to, to kill me. And somebody shoot my car and everything. And I didn't say one word to the FBI. I didn't go. I didn't cry. I didn't claim. I didn't do anything. One day, I went to, to them in the FBI office in Las Vegas, and I said, it's done. We are finished.
3: Flavio, concerned about his safety, left Las Vegas and returned to Europe. More after the break.
6: Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages, they starved us, they beat us, they burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire.
1: He was trying to brand us, so we were gonna become to the to McDonald's in treatment.
6: The worldwide association of specialty programs in schools.
1: They prey on you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way
6: at this time in my life now if someone presented this program to me and not just because i've already experienced it sham scam beware listen to season two of trapped in treatment on the iheartradio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts
1: as important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner.
0: Gene Eugene Fodor. Gene, was we'll it.
1: Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with.
3: So you hide the books, Gene, and vlastar on the business. I understand now. it's a wise man, uh, Marie is a wiser woman.
1: But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas.
5: Get down! <laughs>
3: After Flavio heard about the supposed hit on him from the Romanian crime boss, he fled the U.S. Mark, Flavio's FBI handler, thought he was overreacting, that this was all just talk.
4: I mean, there's one against, well, I don't want to talk about me, but okay.
3: Mark has his own experience with this kind of thing.
4: Yeah, it's not unusual. One of the guys that we arrested, that's about the same level as Petru was in jail and he he put out a hit on me. I'm not worried about it. I mean I mean that's how that's how I'm taking this. I'm not worried about it because he could put out a hit on me, but you know, no one's gonna not this group, not the Romanians.
3: In Mark's view, that they were talking about the hit meant it wasn't serious. Five thousand bucks? There was no way Petru was paying someone five thousand bucks to kill Flavio. If Petru really wanted someone dead, he could have made that happen for a lot less money.
4: For my experience, street guys, they'll do it for 50 bucks. They'll do a hit in Romania for 50 bucks. And you And know, they don't care why. I mean, it's, it's possible. So here, why would you pay someone when someone would do it just for status?
3: After Flavio skipped town, his FBI friend Mark never saw him again. In the end, Flavio's assistance resulted in a big federal case. The Justice Department, in 2004, indicted 21 people on federal racketeering and fraud charges. Flavio said he wanted to help America, and he did. Mark thinks Flavio deserves real credit, recognition that he never received because he didn't want it, and because by the time the arrest had occurred, Flavio was already out of the country, fearing for his life. The FBI's case struck at the heart of Romanian organized crime in Las Vegas, bringing down nearly the entire crew that Petra Grigroy ran. Even Florin, the Scarface fan, was indicted. But the case didn't stop the fraud in the long term. Prosecuting organized crime is a bit like playing whack-a-mole. Hit one, another pops up and the Romanians are still popping up in Las Vegas. This is from a local TV news report from 2022.
5: A Romanian citizen
1: has been sentenced to three and a half years in prison for an ATM skimming fraud scheme here in Las Vegas.
3: After the indictments came down, Flavio still felt he wasn't safe living in America. So he built a new life in Europe. He spent his time in London and Bucharest, running multiple businesses. He was doing well.
5: I was living in London. I was living in a penthouse, extremely nice in Soho, Piccadilly. Go to sushi to Nobu, all the good life.
3: The FBI officially closed Flavio's file as a confidential human source after he left America in 2003. But internal reports show that Flavio, while in Europe, continued to have periodic contact with agents through 2009. FBI agents can use information from registered informants in reports. Unregistered informants, often referred to as hip-pocket informants, provide information, but agents can't attribute information to them. They're like off-the-record sources. Flavio became one of these, a hip-pocket informant. So we know, from FBI documents, that Flavio continued to provide information to federal agents through 2009 for approximately six years after he left Las Vegas. What we don't know from those documents is what information that was. But according to Flavio, he was helping agents with high-level cases, including the investigation of a Romanian named Nicolai Popescu. He's on the
5: FBI's first page warrants and warnings and everything, they put a million dollars and he's one which I know him very well, he's close to me. They put a million dollars as a reward.
3: Popescu is one of the FBI's most wanted fugitives. While his case has not received a lot of publicity in the United States, it's been big news in Romania. The Justice Department accuses Popescu of running an international internet fraud scheme Popescu and his colleagues tricked unsuspecting Americans into sending online payments for expensive cars while pocketing millions of dollars as part of the con. Maybe Flavio was helping the FBI with these big cases. Or maybe he wasn't. We can't be sure. But here's my understanding of Flavio's relationship with the FBI. Starting in 2001, he acts as an informant for about two years. His information leads to headline grabbing indictments. Then, following the murder for hire scare, Flavio's relationship with the Bureau becomes informal. Almost six years of so called hip pocket informant work. Very much off the books, very much based on friendly contact with willing and eager federal agents. But now, It's 2012 and Flavio gets a call from his old friend Andy in Los Angeles about a guy from Colombia who's looking to purchase millions of dollars in weapons. Flavio is a seasoned hand for the US government, a longtime cooperator, informant, and friend. So within minutes of hanging up the phone with Andy, Flavio makes that call to the CIA.
5: I said I, I should not call FBI, I called CIA.
2: Good afternoon, how can I help you?
5: I called CIA. In the first call, I spoke for 15 minutes with the lady on the phone and uh, she was kept sending me to American uh, Embassy in Bucharest.
6: If you need to talk in person only, then you need to go to the Embassy.
5: No,
7: I'm not going there because, you know, I was born here, and I know I'm not
5: trusting people over here in Romania. That time. And I said, no, I, I don't want to go there because everybody knows me over there. And yeah. I say I, I don't feel comfortable. I don't want to do that.
3: The first CIA agent, she hangs up on Flavio.
6: Okay, well, we can't help you. Thank you. Goodbye.
5: And after that, I receive a call from, like, minutes later, I receive a call from a gentleman. He said, oh, hi, my name is whatever. I don't even remember his name. As I understand it, I don't,
1: I don't think there was
5: anything that the agency could do to, to assist or facilitate what you're trying to
1: accomplish.
3: If you remember, Flavio tells the second CIA agent everything. The call from Andy in Los Angeles, how Andy knows this Colombian guy trying to buy weapons, and how Andy and the Colombian don't appear to have an end-user certificate valid for Colombia, suggesting that this deal is illegal and possibly a U.S. National security concern. I I would just like to be useful.
5: I would just like to be useful to the U.S. government because all the time he said, Thank you very much, thank you, thank you, okay, okay. I'm so thankful, so grateful, so thankful, so grateful for everything which I said I'm going to do for CIA and collect more intel to clarify this one because he was keep saying we need more information.
1: If you were forthright with all the details and we could verify your story, that's something we we might look into and pass to the right authorities.
3: That's something we might look into. Not I might look into, not you might look into, but we might look into.
5: And my understanding, English, we need more information, like me and you, me and him, we need more information to, to collect them.
3: The agent uses what's sometimes called the royal we, referring to yourself or your institution as we, just as monarchs of the past did. Any native English speaker would likely hear the CIA's we as just referring to them, the CIA. We, as in the CIA, might look into this. But Flavio, for whom English is a second language and who has a history of cooperating with the U.S. government, says he hears the we as he and the CIA.
5: And he was keep saying, OK, OK, OK. I was keep asking me, you, sure, you you really need those information because if you don't need it, I have some things to do in my life.
1: It's definitely something that if we can verify would be of interest to the, to the agency to be aware of.
3: If we can verify, meaning the way Flavio's hearing it, if Flavio can verify.
5: He said, OK, OK, OK. I said, OK. I took it like a yes. We have to protect each other. This is the way we have to work together. All right. I I
1: totally understand. And I be, what I'm want to do, I will I wanna send be, this information to an internal desk here for inside purposes only so they can look at it um, for interest
5: and, and begin to investigate. And uh, uh, after that, uh, we, we finished the conversation. I was very excited about the conversation. If you... If you have the chance to listen to the conversation, you you kind of, to see my excitement in my voice and the, 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 the drive which I have to do that.
3: Flavio takes the call as affirmation, an oral contract, to use Flavio's preferred term, that the CIA wants him to find out more.
5: In the whole conversation, this gentleman from CIA, he's supposed to say one simple sentence. Thank you very much for all the information. Please do not engage in any actions on behalf of our agency or behalf of the United States because you're going to be fully prosecuted under the international laws of the United States. And do you understand what I'm telling you? Do you understand? He's supposed to check with me because he sees my drive. He see my excitement. He see I don't speak English. For me, in my mind, that time was I was proof. Uh, if you see all the documents from from, uh, from FBI and how professional I was and uh, how much honesty and dignity I have and never be charged or arrested or uh, interrogated or did something wrong to become as an informer or a confidential source, uh, I I never do anything wrong.
3: I've listened to Flavio's calls with the CIA over and over and over. It's true that the CIA agent does not explicitly tell Flavio not to engage with Andy and the Colombian on the CIA's behalf. And if you take that we to include Flavio, I can see how it could be taken as marching orders. But it's also true that the CIA agent doesn't enter into any kind of clear-cut agreement with Flavio that would make him an informant or an agent of the CIA. At best, the calls are ambiguous. The CIA agents are interested in the information. That much is clear. The second agent even says he'll pass the information up the chain of command, and someone may contact Flavio. But what is Flavio's role supposed to be in what happens next? That's never discussed on the calls. Flavio claims he didn't see any ambiguity, What he saw was this. The CIA engaged him to find more information, just as the FBI had been engaging him for almost a decade. So Flavio pushes things forward. That's after the break.
6: Sham, scam, beware! Listen to season two of *Trapped in Treatment* on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner.
2: Jean, Eugene, Fodor, Jean, we'll boot it.
1: Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person
3: you share it with. So you ride the books, Jean, and Vlastar runs the business. I understand now, it's a wise man uh, Marie is a woman. But be careful and
1: choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas.
5: Get down!
2: I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth.
1: Freeze, Americano! Huh?
2: Oh! Jean! Run!
1: So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: After making that call to the CIA, Flavio says he believes that he's been signed up as an informant, or a friend, to use his preferred term, just as he had been with the FBI.
7: I was so excited. I said, that's it. I'm gonna, right now, I'm gonna prove myself who I am. I'm gonna take it to a different level. FBI was nothing, just. Like I said, they was asking me questions and they put the put the, and I have to put a puzzle together for them. They was having pieces of information and they need somebody to put them together. But I said, this one, it's my thing. And I'm gonna be so good, I'm gonna prepare so much. I didn't sleep with Andra for months in the same bed, for nights, for months.
3: Andra is Flavio's wife. They were newly married at the time.
7: What you doing in a night? I'm reading something. You read one night, you read two nights, you read, but you never come to the bed. I was coming to the bed every night, four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning, because I know, I knew that time. If I engage in this thing and I met these real people and I don't know an answer to a question, which you ask me, I'm going to die. Here you go. Houston, we have a problem. I said, you know what? Better before I do something, I start to learn. And I educate myself and I prove myself.
3: Flavio claims he didn't know much at all, about the arms trade before Andy called him. So he spent the next months researching how arms are sold and shipped throughout the world. Flavio is convincing in explaining it this way. And his previous work for the FBI over the course of years certainly suggests he's credible and would have had cause to think he might be recruited as some sort of CIA asset. I want to believe this story. I think it explains a lot about Flavio's behavior in a way that is significantly more satisfying than other possible explanations. But I can't get past two problems with this story. The first problem is that when he calls the CIA, Flavio specifically mentions that Andy and Andy's Colombian friend do not have what's called an end user certificate. They
7: delivered the merchandise, and they said I asked for the end user certificate. You know what the end user certificate is?
4: No, I'm not familiar with it.
7: Oh, end user certificate is a paper which has to prove to the factory.
3: Flavio claims he doesn't know much about international arms deals, and needs to do so much research about the weapons trade that he stopped sharing a bed with his new wife. But in the two short calls with the CIA, he appears to know exactly what an end-user certificate is and why it's important. How would someone with such self-proclaimed limited knowledge of the arms trade know about an end-user certificate, let alone how crucial it is? And the second problem I have with Flavia's story is this. While Flavio frames his initial interactions with the CIA as similar to those with the FBI, Flavio's relationship with the Bureau started out in a very formal way. He signed papers. The FBI registered him as a confidential human source. It wasn't make a call and abracadabra, you're working for us now. There was a bureaucratic process. And he went through that process. Flavio didn't go through anything similar with the CIA. He simply had two phone calls, both on the same day. And he says he went to work. What Flavio says is this. When he got off the phone with the CIA, he believed he'd been tasked to gather more information about Andy about the Colombian Juan and about whoever was willing to sell weapons to Juan. And here's yet another complication in Flavio's story. It takes two years from the time that Flavio calls the CIA to his very first conversation with Juan, the Colombian. Two years. During that time, Flavio doesn't speak to anyone at the CIA. He says he used that time to understand how an arms deal could be put together so that he could put one together for Juan and secretly for the CIA.
7: How this whole thing works, because I didn't know anything. And I, the more I was digging, the more things I was start to find. How they prepared, how they uh, procured the documents, how they, uh, to, the whole thing is nothing fake. Everything is real. Is no such a thing, fake AC, uh, ECU, fake paperwork. No, it's real. Everything is real. It's not, a, it's not a lie, it's not a fake, it's not anything else.
3: During that entire two-year period, Andy, Flavio's friend in Los Angeles, and Juan, the Colombian, are talking.
2: This is too much playing around. You tell me if you're going to make it yes or no, and that'll be the end of it, period.
3: Andy keeps telling Juan that he can make an arms deal happen. He knows people. He's got guys, but he keeps delaying, and it's frustrating, Juan. Okay,
2: Andy, Andy, let me ask you this. Uh, let me let's be sincere. Uh, let's be sincere to each other. What is going on? Are you gonna comply with me, man? Don't let me down, please. No,
5: I'm not letting you
1: down, man. But it's a war going on down there. And everything is going down
3: there. Remember the ICA. Andy suggests that he and Juan fly to Italy to meet this guy to meet. Flavio. So in May 2014, Juan flies all the way from Colombia to Rome. Andy assures his guy Flavio will be there. He gives Juan Flavio's number. It's all going to work out, Andy tells him. So Juan calls Flavio over and over. And Flavio isn't answering. This is Flavio.
5: I'm
2: currently unable to take your call. Please leave me your name, a phone number, and a police message, and I'll contact you as soon as possible. Thank you. Flavio, good morning. It's Juan. I left your message on your uh, UK number, but Andy says for me to call you on this number as well. Flavio, give me a call back. It's now Wednesday. Take care. Bye.
3: Juan's in for a big surprise
2: phone call to Flavio on the 14th day of May, 2014,
3: at 8 a.m. in Rome, Italy. That's in the next episode. This is Up in Arms, Season 2 of Alphabet Boys. Alphabet Boys is a production of Western Sound and iHeart Podcasts. The show is reported, written, and hosted by me, Trevor Aronson. For more information about this series or to drop us a tip, head to our website, alphabetboys.xyz. You can contact me on Twitter or Instagram, at Trevor Aronson. The show's Instagram is alphabetboys.pod. If you're enjoying Alphabet Boys, tell your friends about the show. Personal recommendations are the best recommendations. And if you want to see an illegal arms deal from the inside, again, it's alphabetboys.xyz you'll find undercover recordings and documents related to Flavio's case. Finally, you can help us ride the algorithms by leaving a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. That helps other people find us. And thanks for listening.